live. Welcome to episode 10 of the Dynasty Dad podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me at, on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. We got the Smash Accept crew on tonight to talk about you know some of your DFS needs, some over-unders. But before we do that, I want to read some of our five-star reviews. You guys have left, you know, it's 12 of them now in the past week. I mean, I totally appreciate those kind of kind words and everything you guys have been saying. And you guys seem to really enjoy the podcast. We're going to keep trying to hit you guys with the best information possible. But what I want to do is give you guys a shout out back. You know, I, I, I'm going to read five-star reviews every time you guys put them out there. So the first one comes from DynastyDepot.com. You guys wrote hard-hitting, straight-to-the-point content. Michael does a great job with his guests and makes great arguments with his insight. Show is informative and highly recommended. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. The next one's titled Great Listen. This is from LoggerDogger11. Just came across the link to this podcast on Twitter, and I'm glad I clicked on it. Listened to a couple of the episodes and found them very informative, entertaining, and easy to listen to. So easy decision for me to click the subscribe button. Thank you very much, Logger. And last one is from Matt Wind. He put outstanding content. This podcast does a great job preparing you for your drafts. It's fun to listen and very informative. Like the analysis of the late round sleepers and the smash accept. So that's a perfect segue into these guys right here. You know, these are the guys that have been coming on for our, our trade shows. And I want to introduce them and just kind of why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you guys, anything you guys got going on. Um, we'll start with you, John. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. And, and definitely would just echo that. I've always enjoyed dynasty dads pods and so it's it's fun to be on one myself and be here with the smash except crew you can find me at dynasty underscore trades yeah and i i was really you know for people that ha aren't following you they definitely should um the thread you had on last week as far as running backs and, and depth charts and handcuffs great piece of information here for a, a season that's going to be quite interesting you know we're going to find some with COVID and trying to uncharted waters, I thought that was a very insightful, you know, thread out there. So you guys should check that out. The next we have yeah, is thanks. Mung. You know, he's becoming a staple of the show here. How are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, Mike? It's always good to talk some trades with you guys. I know we're doing some different stuff today, but uh, if anyone's interested, I just updated all my dynasty rankings. You can find those over at fantrax.com. And uh, if you've got questions, comments, whatever, you can always find me on Twitter. It's at FFA underscore Mung. It's M-E-N-G. Great. You know, he's another guy always out there on Twitter, always trying to uh, answer your dynasty trade questions. And and definitely check out his his rankings over there at Fantrax. You know, they're, they're fantastic. And he doesn't go based off of just, you know, other people's opinions. I mean, his vary from mine. And I, I feel like he doesn't try to go consensus. He goes with what he believes in. And, and that's that's important. You know, you guys got to believe in in your players. And new to the show, we got Jesse, you know, also part of the Smash Accept crew in our group chat here for a couple months. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's good, guys? I appreciate you having me, um, Dynasty Dad. You're a super humble guy, man, super nice dude, man. The Smash Accept guys are just a great group. I'm really, you know, honored to be on. And uh, you can find my takes on uh, at Dynasty Humble Senior. And that's pretty much it, man, just on Twitter. You know, I like to chop it up yeah. on Twitter and uh, you can send me any questions, trades, whatever it is. I'm always around. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking some, some uh, shop with you boys, man. Yeah. Yesterday was a special day. You and I, the, the podcast and you both hit a thousand follows yesterday. So if you guys aren't following Jesse or, or either of these two guys, make sure you do, you know, they're great dynasty minds. And when it comes to trades, that's what we really love. 
and we'll, we'll hit you up with that. But tonight, what we're going to talk about, because we know there's a lot of you out there that play DFS, and we're excited to announce that, you know, we partnered with at Thrive Fantasy. So make sure you guys are following them. Um, but basically what they have going on is they stake your claim at $50,000 for week one. You know, use the promo code DAD. And you guys will get an instant $20 bonus. So if you guys put a $20 deposit in and you use the code DAD, you get an extra 20 bucks. You're welcome. I'll give that to you. Uh, but they are, they're a great app. You know, they have things out there. They do a lot of DFS prop bets. And we're going to talk about some of those prop bets today. And we're going to talk the over-under lines that they have set on things. And we're excited to just jump into this and, and discuss some of these week one matchups, you know. Even if you aren't playing DFS or you're not, you know, into the, the gambling aspect of things, this is a good informational podcast where we're going to talk about you know the first guy's Aaron Rodgers he's going up against Minnesota you're going to learn some things about what he's done against them in the past you know what kind of statistics and what we're anticipating so you guys ready to jump in let's roll yeah let's do All it right let's do it we might even have to break out a cowbell at some point I know that's our trade thing but we might have to throw it in here with one of these guys so the first prop bet we have is is Aaron Rodgers against Minnesota in Minnesota at 263.5 yards. Do you guys take the over or are you guys taking the under on Aaron Rodgers? You know, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is kind of a little bit on the up yours tour right now. You know, he just seems relaxed at camp, but he looks like he's ready that the community has kind of written him off. But do you guys believe he will throw for more than 263.5 yards week one? Uh, that's a no from me. Uh, just Minnesota's cornerback unit isn't that good, but when healthy, they have two of the best safeties in the league, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, and then throw in the fact that Rodgers was really inconsistent last year as a passer, especially with the floor electing to use a more run-heavy offensive scheme, and Green Bay really failed to add any impact receivers this offseason. I'm going to go with the under here. Yeah, I mean, if you look at week two last year, 209 yards. Week 16, 216 yards. Jesse, John, do either of you guys th think Aaron Rodgers throws for over 263 yards week one? Any takers? I'll say I'll say under on that one, too. I'm kind of how the mighty have fallen in, in fantasy and dynasty with Aaron Rodgers. I, 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 in some ways, I'm kind of rooting for the guy, and I, I think, yeah, he, he's – they call it pissed off Aaron Rodgers can can be a bit of a force, right? But this is a running team under the floor, and you can kind of picture them wanting to establish that there in week one as the, the offense is trying to get a rhythm. And, and like Monk said, they didn't give him any additional weapons. The only guy I think they signed was Devin Funches, and he opted out. And so I think it could take him a little time to get going. Uh, Minnesota, the one thing that kind of gives me pause is Looks like Daniel Hunter is is also out uh, on IR for the first three weeks, and they're a little bit banged up. So, you know, he might hit a couple long ones uh, to, to Adams or MVS and, and hit the over. But if I was uh, going into week one and putting money on this one, I would go under. Yeah, to your point there, I mean, I think it's like we all still, especially guys that have been playing this for five to ten years, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers mentally in that in that spot. But Green Bay seems to be, you know, in a in a class that was just loaded with wide receivers to trade up and take Jordan Love, you know, when you had an opportunity to take a legit wide receiver too. Now they roll in with Alan Lazard. They roll in with, you know, MVS. It isn't a pretty wide receiver core once you get past Devontae Adams. Jesse, are you are you going to complete this here with an under, or are you going to take the over? Yeah, so I thought this one was one of the easier unders. Um, 
since Zimmer's been the coach in uh, 2014, Rodgers played them five, uh, 10 times, and he's gone over the 263 only three times. Now, I know it's a new scheme and all that stuff, but they didn't, like you guys said, they didn't really add anything. And I know they were expecting uh, Jay Sternberger to kind of take a next step. And from everything I've read on Twitter and, you know, from the beat reporters, he's kind of had a quiet camp. They didn't add anybody. It seems like LaFleur is kind of just, you know, throwing Rodgers aside, man. He brings in his own quarterback. They bring in their own running back. Uh, they take Dylan in the second round. It just feels like he's not really uh, all in on Rodgers. Now, uh, I think Meng had said that, uh, um, you know, or you, I think you said it, Mike, that um, he's going to have a, like a big FU tour. And I kind of yeah. agree with that. You know, he can set the world on fire. He's Aaron Rodgers, you know, and it is very disrespectful towards him. So if he comes out ready to go, man, they set the number pretty high. I was kind of shocked that it was 263. So, you know, I'm going to go under, but, uh, you know, I could totally see it. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to take the under to set the, the trifecta. Sounds like it's a smash, except all four of us are going with the under on this one. And this is seems like a, an obvious play there. And you had mentioned Jay Sternberger. I mean, I had to look it up because I totally forgot. I've been picking him up everywhere. But they're saying the receiving option is Robert Tanyan at, at tight end. You know, yeah. it seems like Jay Sternberger breakout season, which we all wanted, you know, doesn't seem like it's going to be happening. He's going to be a lot more involved in the blocking game. And it says Tanyan should be the guy that's, you know, the pass catching tight end. Yeah, I picked him up on a couple of deep rosters just to yeah. see. Yep, I got him in, in the Ultimate uh, Dynasty Podcast League. I, I picked him up in Dynasty Refinery Listener League 1 and 2. Um, it's, a, it's a nice stash out there. You know, we're always looking for those those tight ends where if we start getting some injuries, you know, the, the position is a little bit shallow. It, I want guys that are tied to Aaron Rodgers, you know, and I know that's a little bit more of an old school scheme, but Aaron Rodgers, I do believe, has a good season this year, but I don't think it's going to start out that way in in minnesota so sticking in minnesota let's talk about dalvin cook you know they set the line at thrive at 77 and a half rushing yards if you look at last year he averaged 81 you know rushing yards per game with 1135 yards in 14 games and in week two last year you know the only game he played against the packers he had a, went off for 154 yards 77 and a half i feel it's a little bit on the low side but we have the holdout we have things going on there and alexander madison might be involved Hit me up here. You know, we'll start with with you, Jesse. Are you taking the over or the under on Dalvin Cook this week? I think you're on mute. I have these yeah. big banana fingers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was originally going to go the over. Uh, I love the over on this one, actually. Um, 77 and a half, man. He set the world on fire when he was healthy last year, and he should be healthy. I'm just not sure if he's going to play a full – workload man um you know he's still kind of holding out but not really I know the new holdout rules are a little different than past years and I know he can't really do what Melvin Gordon did he kind of has to play but is he in shape has he done a whole lot in camp I'm, I'm just not sure man this was one of the harder ones for me because if he was healthy I think this is a smash over um Absolutely. I really would love the over here but it's just I I, I don't know if he's you know, going to get a full share. They kind of been hidden with him. They haven't really mentioned anything. I haven't seen anything on Twitter. I'm wondering if you guys have seen anything maybe that I didn't get to um, with him because, um, you know, like I said, it's an easy smash over, but, you know, it's just the unquestion of, you know, is he going to come in in shape? You know, are they going to give him the full workload? Yeah, I, we talked, you know, I really we don't last, know. 
We talked last week about pivoting off Dalvin Cook. You know, I'm not really into guys that are are into that holdout situation. Dalvin Cook showed some, you know, some chinks in the armor last year that where he just he struggled. Um, you know, once he got banged up a little bit, he had a fantastic season. But what do you guys think? You know, is the holdout going to affect him here? Is this a guy that is going to be able to put up that seventy, you know, seventy eight yards week one? Yeah, I I'll, I'll go with the over on this one, and. I think it's going to be important that, that Minnesota also establishes the run here. Yes. They're, they're a run-heavy team. And, uh, you know, a couple of stats from last year, there were six running backs who totaled at least 20 carries against the Packers, and they all scored uh, 16.4 PPR points. And uh, I think that they also um, averaged like 3.8 yards per carry or so um, for, for those that had more than 15 carries. So, it really, I think that Jesse's right. It's going to come down to the workload, but I think that they really do need uh, to work in Cook here, and I could see him hitting the over, um, especially getting into the, the second half. I think they could potentially depend on him. Uh, but, you know, it could, could be surprising. Again, it's week one here. We might see a little bit more Alexander Madison than we did last year. So, it, you know, I, I would say the over, but a little risky. Yeah, in Dynasty, we talk about it all the time on the show about people tell themselves narratives, right? We do that all off season. We're like, this guy's going to take off, and this is why. And uh, you know, I had Peter Howard on last night, and he was talking about the forty percent of what you guys evaluate is the statistics, and then the rest of it are the situations and you know all the different types of production. And we want to tell ourselves that Dalvin Cook is going to be in good shape, but there's a scenario here where they, you know, one that you either believe that they're going to try to work the rust off of him because of not a lot of work, obviously in camp or two that they're, they're a little bit worried here and they're going to try to see what they have more in Alexander Madison this year. And I think, you know, I kind of fall more on that camp. They're going to want to try to win, but what do you think Mung? This really just comes down to if Dalvin cook plays. Um, I, I know we talked about it a little bit, I think on the last show and I've had some Twitter conversations, but uh, it's kind of being glossed over that Adam Schefter said that it would give him pause to draft Dalvin Cook this year if they don't have an extension done by the start of the season. <laughs> and the start of the season's tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to it. Um, I mean, if he plays, I, I would take the over simply because even though Green Bay had a great secondary last year and they've only added to it, their run defense was really bad, uh, bottom five in the league probably. So if Cook starts and he is actually playing, then I'm taking the over here pretty easily. Uh, but this is a situation where I would probably lay off this bet just because we never know until you know the game starts. Yeah, it sounds like we're all kind of in agreement there, but it might be a little bit more on the risky side. With Thrive, you get to choose. You know, there's 20 different options. You get to pick 10 of the over-unders. So that might be one where you know you might be a little hesitant. So let's move on to some of the next ones here. Um, another great player to talk about. Obviously, you got Julio Jones going up against Seattle in Atlanta. Uh, 1,394 yards last year, averaged 92.5 yards per game. And now the over-under is set at 87.15. Mung, we'll start with you. Is Julio going to get over 87 yards? This is kind of a tough one. Uh, Julio had 10 catches for 152 yards last year when they faced the Seahawks, but of course, that was before they traded for Jamal Adams, uh, which completely changes the dynamic of that secondary. That said, with this game being at home and Seattle still kind of lacking a great pass rush, I, I would lean the over on this bet. Um, it's not out of the question that we see Julio just absolutely explode at home week one. 
Well, we have. I'm I'm recording the Dynasty Refinery right after this, and one of my hot takes is about Julio Jones. I mean, we keep talking about that 185 vacated targets, and that's all going to go to Hayden Hurst and Calvin Ridley, apparently. But there's another scenario here where Julio just absolutely beasts this year. You know, we we always want to try to write him off, and he he slips behind four or five wide receivers in drafts. But Julio is still that that alpha receiver. 87 yards. What do you guys think, Jesse, John? Either of you guys over under. I'm taking the over too, man. I love Atlanta at home. I love that Atlanta offense, man. They, I think they're just gonna light it up this year. You got Matt Ryan, then you got Hayden Hurst and Calvin Ridley, who I'm not the biggest Calvin Ridley fan because I think his dynasty value is a little too high. But real life, man, he's he's definitely you know a good complimentary wide receiver for Julio. So I really like the over, man. I'll I, most of the time I'll take the over on Julio Jones yeah. and yards. You know, the guy's just yeah. a monster. And uh, like you said, the people are making it like he's this old dog, and he's just he's an athletic freak. He's always been. He's been healthy. I I, I just take the over there. Um, yeah, I, I do think, agree with the um with the addition of Adams, and that might make it a little harder. But the pass rush there is not good, so I'll definitely take the over with um, Matt Ryan and Julio because he's the old dog, you know, that he, he, he has that rapport with Matt Ryan, you know, Hayden Hurst doesn't yet. And, you know, Calvin Ridley does, but he's still, you know, there's still so many targets to go around. Yeah. And that that's huge week one. Cause we're talking about guys that have that rapport, especially in, in a, you know, shortened training camp, everything is a little bit different here. That rapport, having that same system in place, having that same quarterback is in place. It's a, it's a every other year plan with Matt Ryan. And I think, that offense is going to be absolutely explosive. John? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would take the over. When I was looking at the full week one slate, this one is one of the ones that stuck out to me as a fantasy-friendly game. You can, you can easily picture this thing turning into a shootout. Yep. So I'm really, I'm really high on Matt Ryan this week. I also think Russell Wilson is going to put up some numbers that we know that the Atlanta defense is going to struggle to stop them. So I, I could see a back-and-forth game, and, and Julio's is Julio. Like yeah. he, he's definitely going to get his. And so I, I would take the over for sure and feel pretty good about it. Yeah. In those early weeks, you want to look for those high, you know, the, the over under on that game is 48 and a half. And that's, that's pretty high. You know, the only games that I think are, are higher are the Rams and Cowboys. And I want everybody in that game and Tampa Bay and new Orleans. And I want everybody in that game. Those are some exciting like week one matchups, excluding obviously what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, I feel like yeah. tomorrow's going to be an exciting one. And I think they, oh, yeah. They really teased us with that one, you know, starting the NFL season out with Watson versus Mahomes. That's going to be exciting. A um, little bit less exciting game, but again, uh, higher up on the over-unders here. We got two guys in that Baltimore versus you know Cleveland game. Uh, we got Odell Beckham. You know, I don't want to crap on him based off of uh, recent news or anything like that, but hopefully Fun you guys get it. Yes, yeah. completely. Okay. I said it last night with Peter Howard. He did not even flinch. I was like, he goes, nap. A lot of people crap on him. And I don't Who even think you? he, I don't even think he knew the news. You know what I mean? I just think anyways, but we're looking at over under on 4.5 receptions for Odell Beckham. Um, last year in the two games against them, he was targeted six times for four receptions, seven times for two receptions and averaged 4.6 receptions per game last year. Odell Beckham, is he going to have a better year this year? You know, is he, are we predicting that week one, he's going to be able to get five receptions? There's so many lines that I want to throw out there right now on, on OBJ, but I know this is a family friendly show. So <laughs> I, I kind of, I teetered the line the best I could, you know, with really without, you know, dynasty or finery, I'll get a little bit more dicey, but you know, I was trying to, it's the dynasty dad pod. We don't want to get too dicey on that. 
Twitter was a lot of fun after that that <laughs> little story broke. I have to admit, it was fun with all the one-liners. Uh, you know, I think that he can get five receptions. That's right about where I think he probably will. I think that there's a lot of people that, you know, again, another uh, kind of narrative that you start to come up with. But everyone talks about that he we think he's going to step up in the second year in that offense. And, uh, I mean, they, they need him to. Uh, yeah. They can't be too dependent on on – the run and so uh, you know i i could see it. i mean baltimore is pretty stout um but we know that they they uh lost drill thomas there right and so i i could see him doing it uh, again i don't i wouldn't feel great about it because i kind of feel he, he hitting that four to five reception range but um i would lean toward the over you guys on this one, you know, Odell Beckham had one of the most quiet thousand yard seasons last year. And he played, you know, I believe he played 15 games last year with the injury. You know, he was grueling because they were, they were talking about from like, I believe the injury happened week two or week three. And he just went out there, you know, which is a lot of people don't give Odell Beckham credit for that. You know, people think he's a prima donna and a diva. He's a, he's a buy for me in dynasty right now. I didn't think I was going to say that until like two weeks ago, you know, because he just keeps diving back. And I think you can get him for a late first and a, a throw-in type wide receiver are either you guys believing that Odell Beckham, you know, has a resurgence this year on top of, you know, do you think he has more than four and a half receptions? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on Beckham. Uh, everyone's talking about how Stefanski really wants to run in Cleveland, but I think a lot of that was also dictated by Zimmer when he was in Minnesota as the offensive coordinator um, still has to defer to that coach there. And then as for the line itself, you know, you mentioned that he was playing through a groin strain all year and that Browns offense in general under Freddie Kitchens was a mess. So I see Stefanski involving Beckham early, even if they do run a lot in this one. So I, I will take the yeah, over. It's very fitting that he plays for the Browns, obviously. Um, but, you know, is, is he going to explode here this year? Do you think Odell Beckham, you know, comes out on top or do you feel like he's uh, going to go number two here? Sorry, I'm just I'm getting more puns. I, I had to get it out. There. <laughs> that was great, man. Um, I'm I'm buying the uh, the overall. So um, and I'm buying the dis. Well, I'm not buying the disrespect towards Odell. I'm buying the chip yeah. on his shoulder. Um, he's been very quiet. Uh, it's been a very quiet off season for Odell. Even with all this stuff going on, he really hasn't posted too much. He hasn't done the prima donna stuff. Neither has Baker. Last year, I don't know if you guys remember, but Baker was taking that the the the, the picture with the shirt off yeah. and you know feeling himself. And I think that it got to their head. And I think that they were supposed to be the Darlings. They were supposed to be the hot team. And I think they were a year short. They're a year early early on the projection. They're they're the perfect post hype sleeper. You know, as a team, uh, I'm a big buy on Odell. I'm a big buy on the, the line of four and a half. I think he could hit. If it was yards, it might be a little different. But I think four and a half is a really um, obtainable. Uh, line and the other thing was didn't Jarvis Landry have like a hip or something that no one's really talking about? I guess he's okay, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking yeah, that he's line off, with Jarvis with is off the he's off the pup right now. Oh, he's off. Yeah, Jarvis is like it, it's going to be an interesting to see how things go. I mean, they're obviously going to funnel through the run game, but I think that really opens it up for Odell Beckham. But I do feel like you know Jarvis is wide receiver thirty four on DLF. I think him and Hooper might in, eat into himself, eat into each other a little bit more. I do think Odell Beckham's going to have a nice you know borderline wide receiver one season this year and i'm pretty excited about that now you said he was quiet a guy who is not quiet you know is 
the most electrifying guy in the game right now, Lamar Jackson. And the over-under is set at 1.5 passing touchdowns. This one seemed like one of the most easy ones to me. I mean, average 2.25 last year. He had three touchdowns in each game against Cleveland. Does anybody see Cleveland keeping Lamar Jackson under two passing touchdowns? If it had said over or under on you know, passing and rushing touchdowns at, at two, it would have been even easier. But does anybody see them holding under one and a half? No, I think he gets, I think he gets two. Yeah. I think that, you know, that he's just, he's just going to be tough for Cleveland to, to contain. He's going to, he's going to find a couple openings and get healthy Hollywood Brown. Now you got more weapons. Maybe they start to work in uh, JK a little bit. I, I'm really looking forward to watching the offense, but I just can't see him. It's going to be a fun Jackson offense. Now. J.K. Yeah, Dobbins sure. is like the biggest question I get as far as start sits right now. You know, I'm ready to fire up Hollywood Brown. I'm, I'm all excited about him. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in all my like redraft leagues, they all listen to my podcast and they took him like two rounds ahead every time. He was one of my big sleepers. That offense is going to be exciting. You know, at, we're going to switch from an offense that is exciting to, you know, a couple here that aren't quite as exciting. And I feel like we might differ on opinions here a little bit. Uh, the next one was we're going to Buffalo. You know, Buffalo plays the Jets and we have. Le'Veon Bell at, you know, over under 0.5 rushing touchdowns. So basically we have to say, is he going to score a touchdown or not? He had two all of last year in 2019 and he goes against the number five rush defense. Is anybody believing in the, the Le'Veon Bell, you know, has an opportunity in this game or is it more of just like a, he, he gets a fluke rushing touchdown or is he even the, the guy towards the red zone? What do you guys believe? No, I think you could set the line at, over under half a touchdown for the season, and that would still be a little dicey. But uh, oh, hot takes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's exaggerating for sure. But the, this Jets offense is still a mess under Adam Gase. They've, re- I mean, they drafted Denzel Mims, but he's hurt right now. We're not sure how involved he's going to be. And even though Buffalo's tougher against the pass than the run, it still doesn't bode well for the Jets to see a lot of red zone looks in this one. Um, we were talking, just chatting before the show, and I was surprised that Buffalo is only favored by six and a half points in this one. And I think there could be a lot of garbage time in, in this one, which means more pass catching and fewer rushes for Bell. So I, I would not bet on it. Adam Gase was frustrated. Frank Gore was frustrating for me last year because I wanted to believe in a Devin Singletary breakout. You know, that Devin Singletary was putting up five yards of carry, and then they brought brought in Frank Gore. You know, he is the old man of the group, and he's coming in there for all that goal line work. I feel like he kind of messes up with Le'Veon Bell here. Does anybody see Le'Veon Bell punching it in week one? I, I thought maybe the whole team should be set at <laughs> .5 touchdowns in this one. Then I'd still be like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I could bet on that. I just wouldn't feel comfortable betting on the Jets. So uh, we're in, going we're it, in it DFS. Like, yeah, you yeah. got to go Bills defense. That's that's the play here, yeah. right? That is oh, the yeah. DFS. Definitely. I mean, I could see a scenario where they get five, six sacks and two, two to three turnovers easily. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. <laughs> here's the new one. More more likely a Le'Veon Bell rushing touchdown or a Bills defensive touchdown. There you go. <laughs> We'll do that one. So it sounds like we're all out on Le'Veon Bell. Um, That's it for that game. Now, I got my Eagles gear on. I'm a big-time Eagles fan. The the hate on Zach Ertz is is too much, in my opinion. Everybody's always, you know, trying to bring him back down. He goes against Washington in Washington, and they set the over-under at .5 receiving touchdowns. You know, I I would have liked to see a reception game because I feel like he gets six to eight receptions in this first week. 
against the Washington secondary with that I think is very beatable. Will Zach Ertz splash into the end zone this week? Yeah, I like it. I'll jump in there. I, I like it. I, I, and part of that is because Philly is just so banged up at receiver. We It looks – although Jalen Rager's looking healthier than I think maybe we expected. Uh, my guess is that he misses the first week. And we know that Alshon's not playing. I mean, they got, they're got they trotting guys out like Greg Ward. Uh, I believe in Carson Wentz, but we know that his safety blanket is, is Zach Ertz. And when you get in there tight in the red zone, you can absolutely see him connecting with Ertz for a touchdown. Uh, the, the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is it could end up being Goddard. It's kind of hard to predict which one of those guys, and they run a lot of 12. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Zach Ertz is, is still the man. Um, I mean, you joked earlier, a lot of people were crapping on OBJ, but, you know, same as, same as true for Ertz. Slightly different Sorry, I had to work it back there. in there. Yeah, yeah no, I like it. Um, you know, the, the guy that I'm all about, you know, and Sanders is obviously coming back. The interesting thing is when I when I tried to look at this and when I was trying to pick 10, 10 variations, to me, the touchdown over under is one that is a little bit dicey to me. It's a little bit scary because it's 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 not as predictive as receptions or no potentially question. yards. So, you know, I can see that going either way. Does anybody have a strong feeling of Zach Ertz not scoring a touchdown this week? I think John makes a lot of good arguments. Rager's out, Jeffrey's out, Wentz has to throw to somebody. And even though, you know, we joke about the Washington football team not being great, they actually have a pretty good defensive line. And with Philadelphia missing two of their starters on the offensive line, I do think that they're going to be throwing more so than running when they get in close. And Ertz had 16 red zone targets last year, top 20 in the league, top five among tight ends. I would definitely bet on him scoring to start the season here. Love it. Jesse, round it out. You know, I was on the uh, the under here, and then you guys made such valid and great points, man. I think I'm going to go the over because I was originally thinking, ah, Ertz don't score that much. You know, I can't really buy in the touchdowns with him because that's never been his thing. And then Goddard, such a, a great red zone target. But you guys do put up good points, so – <laughs> I guess you. I'll go the over. I do like Wentz. This would be one, though, that I, I would stay away from because I don't feel too strongly about it. But, um, yeah, you guys made some great points, man. So I as, think you guys swayed me. Fan, I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw this, but Zach Ertz, I love Zach Ertz. You know, he's obviously under contract through 2021. And the Eagles made him an initial offer. You know, he rejected it. And they came back last week and made him a lesser offer. And they offered him Austin Hooper money. You know, we're, we're talking about Kelsey just got paid, Kittle got paid, and they offered him the same kind of contract money as Austin Hooper. You know, everybody on Twitter wants to say it's Dallas Goddard time. We always we want to push Zach Ertz off. I, I feel like as an Eagles fan, like, I, why do you even bother making him a lesser offer if you've already sent him an offer? You know, is that to try to push him out of town? I don't think so, because if you got a guy who's putting up tight end one season year after year and you have him at a discount, you know, I don't think Zach Ertz is the kind of guy that holds out. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, Dad, I was going to ask you here. You, you got the Sanders jersey in the background. How are you feeling about Miles Sanders this week? If I can, I, may I throw that one I out there? I feel like they're going to limit the touches a little bit. You know, I feel like yeah. we got to temper expectations. I, you know, like I said, I'm doing that hot take show, and you guys know I'm all about Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs. And those are two guys I really want to explode. But I feel like you, you if you have him, you got to start him. 
you know, no matter what. I mean, there there are very few. There's a couple dynasty juggernauts you might have where you're like, you got to decide between him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or something like that. But Miles Sanders, you know, it's the hamstring injury. You always got to watch those soft tissue injuries early on in the season. Sounds like the Eagles want to be smart since they're playing the Redskins. I think Boston Scott is a sneaky good flex play this week because I think yeah. he's going to get more touches than usual. And he's down I the agree. stretch in this similar type situation with injured wide receivers. Boston Scott and Miles Sanders were both able to contribute. So. I'm tempering yep. my expectations, I'm but I'm putting him in the lineup. The next guy I have in my Scott Fishbowl lineup, Cam Newton, you know, against Miami. The the over-under on that I thought would have been much larger than it is since they play Miami, but we don't know what New England's going to be. I mean, the over-under they said is at 255.5 total yards. Over his career, he's averaged 40 rushing yards per game. You know, some argue that he's not going to be that same kind of rushing quarterback. Do you guys believe that he puts over 255 yards against the Dolphins? Jesse, we'll start with you. Well, I was hoping you were going to start with me, man. I'm all over Cam Newton this year, man. I yeah. want all parts. I want I fired up Cam, chip on his shoulder Cam, man. That dude is going to light. I, I, I'd i be very shocked if he doesn't light the league on fire. Now, I know the weapons aren't great, but I like. I personally really like Nikhil Harry. And, uh, you know, there was like this, this few days where Nikhil Harry wasn't having good camps and they were like, you know, there was all this buzz going on. And then next thing you know, he has, they said, three good practices in a row and Snooze out of town. So I guess everything is good with Nikhil Harry because Bill Belichick publicly praised him. He said he works hard. He says this. So I think that they tried to motivate him through the media a little bit, and I think he responded well. I mean, what was it, 255? Yeah, I'm taking that all day. Um, I, like I think it. we're going to see a really motivated Cam. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to the Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah, I feel like those guys are – you know, people are writing them off and they're going to, they're going to be excited to play. Nikhil Harry, we've talked about on here is a nice dynasty buy, especially in a rebuild or an insulated trade where you get a first, you know, and Harry for, for one of these other wide receivers, because I mean, look, he was fantastic in college. We all had him as, you know, top three wide receiver in a, in a great class last year. And now because he was on, you know, on the pup list and didn't play in the beginning and Brady didn't trust him. Newton's going to throw those, you know, those tight window throws. Mung, John, what do you guys think? Is Cam Newton putting up 255 or you believe in him in this year? I'm uh I like Jesse's arguments about the chip on the shoulder, but I'm not buying it, at least for week one. Um, you know, they 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 got Cam late in the season or late in the offseason, excuse me. And uh, you know, I don't know that he's had time to fully integrate into that offense. They were still splitting first team reps for a while between him. Hoyer and Stidham. And that was for the defense because uh, Stidham was throwing an interception every like two or three plays. So they really wanted to boost some confidence there in their defense and get themselves ready. You know? <laughs> for sure. And I think, I think Newton might struggle a little bit with a healthy Xavier Howard. And then uh, Miami also added Byron Jones to the secondary. I, I do think it's going to be difficult for him to consistently move the ball through the air. Um, Jesse mentioned, you know, the lack of weapons with Harry and Edelman as the top guys there. And I do think the Patriots are going to want to run a lot in this game. So unless Newton breaks a couple of huge runs, I see a lot of Sony Michelle here, and I just don't see him reaching that total. Yeah, I would. This one, it was you know, if it was 0. 0.5 mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns, you know, he's going to score before Le'Veon Bell does. But John, break the tie here. Yeah. One over, yeah, one I'm under. Gonna, I'm, I'm going. I'm going under. And uh, yeah, Monk kind of stole a lot of my points. Actually, I'm with you on this, Jesse, in terms of being excited about Cam, and I think the narrative is that. He has a lot to prove along with Belichick now and in the first year without Brady. 
And, and New England really, really needs Cam. And, and you can tell that they're they're going to work up an offense around Cam's skill set. But I do think it's going to take some time. And I'd be nervous about playing any Patriots in week one, even if it is Miami. And I and I, I think, again, this is has been a running team. And I get Mung make the point that they could be trying to establish some consistency in the run game. That's what I picture happening here. So I, I could see him hitting the under. I think that they said it about right, but I would I would lean slightly under for Cam. Yeah, it's Thri- I think Thrive's done an excellent job making it difficult, setting it right where it should be. Uh, I'm I'm taking the over myself. The only other guy I, I'm confident starting Cam Newton as my QB two in a super flex. I don't want him as my QB one, but the only real offensive piece there is you know I'm okay with Edelman as my wide receiver three, but I'm taking James White. You know, with with obviously Sony still banged up. Uh, um, Damian Harris, who we all loved, you know, we wanted him to be a part of it. He's on the IR. Rex Burkhead's going to randomly show up in here. But I think James White's going to have a sneaky good PPR season, which is he's a real nice buy low. I picked him up for a 2021 yeah. second today, you know, and I'm, I'm happy about that. You know, if you can get That's him for nice. seconds, you, nobody's paying a first. But if you can get him for a second, he's going to have a nice solid RB2 season. And could you imagine if they let that guy get some carries? You know, we saw what he did in the Super Bowl. We saw what he does in the past game. The guy scores touchdowns like crazy. If he starts getting some carries, it's a nice little, you know, nice little PPR floor. Right on. Speaking of PPR, I, didn't, I don't want to. Oh, oh, go ahead. So go sorry. ahead, man. I go didn't want to. Yeah, I, I know that this isn't, you know, we're trying to get the unovers, but I just think that this offense or this team is just like they, they were under Tom Brady, who's the greatest quarterback, in my opinion, of all time. And I just think they want to get away from that and just show that. It's not just Tom Brady. You know, it was always that question, Tom Brady or Belichick. Uh, you know, and I think Belichick is kind of ego guy. And I think he wants to show that he could, you know, win and put up points and do it with this, you know, flashy kind of quarterback. Yeah. I, I'm just – I'm super excited for New England, as odd as it sounds. I'm sorry. I know that we're trying to move no, on. No, but no, yeah, no, I just, you're fine. I just I mean, that in we, can, we can go down those rabbit holes. I mean, I, I agree because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people on Twitter that think, the Patriots are tanking. I mean, come on. That's not in Bill Belichick's blood. There's no way, shape, or form that they are tanking. You know, why would they sign Cam Newton if they're if they're going to tank? They would have went with Jared Stidham and, and – or they would have traded for Josh Rosen because we know he gets everybody the 101. You know, but but instead and, they went and they got Cam. And they're not, they're not tanking with Tom Brady going down to Tampa and who's going to win probably the South down there. They're not yeah. going to tank. He's too they're – too, they're too ego. Like, it, it, you know, I can't see Bill being submissive to that. No, no shot. Yep. Him and Brady both want to prove it, and I think Brady was definitely in Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay's ear when Leonard Fournette came available. Get me this guy, you know, because he wants to prove that he can win outside New England. New England wants to prove that they can win without him. So, you know, that's a great point. Um, anybody else want to chime in on that before we move on to uh, Christian McCaffrey? Sounds like no. Christian McCaffrey over under 130.5. Now, last year he had an incredible 150 yards per game. You know, 1,397 yards rushing, I believe, over 1,000 yards receiving. Goes up against the Raiders. 130.5 is a lot of yards, but we're talking Christian McCaffrey. John, what are you doing here? You know, I think that uh, the the poll was showing the the over on it, but um, I'm I'm actually going to mix it up here, and I, I think I could get challenged on this because it's CMC. Love the guy, and I'm so thankful to have him on some of my teams. But I'm going to take the under, and maybe this has a lot to do with the the new offense, the the new QB, Joe Brady uh, as as the new OC coming in. Uh, 
I, I know if you if you look at kind of what he did at LSU, he certainly u- utilized the running back a lot, uh, but he did move the ball around a lot, and they I could see them trying to get Teddy B going a little bit. So it, I think that, yeah, it could just take a little bit of um, time to get CMC that kind of chunk yardage. I mean, it is the Raiders, so I, I, I'm sure I'm going to get some arguments with this. But I, I, for week one, would just go a little bit conservative with that kind of total and could see him just coming up maybe a little bit short on it. I'm glad you brought up the polls there. You know, I got so wrapped up in what we're talking about with Thrive and so excited for the season. You know, 79%, and we're all about that at Dynasty Dad Pod, is trying to get you guys involved. You know, we want your input. And if you guys, you know, if you guys give us comments, guess what? We're going to read them. You know, you guys give us trades, guess what? We're going to put it in there. You know, put hashtag smash accept, tag any of us. We're going to be as interactive as possible with you guys. But 79% of you guys are taking the over on Christian McCaffrey. You know, everybody loves that Christian McCaffrey. Zach Ertz, 72% of you guys were going with the over on the, the touchdowns. The interesting one, the, the tightest one was Aaron Rodgers. You know, 57% of you guys said under. 43% are still saying over on Aaron Rodgers putting up those kind of numbers. And, you know, it's mostly I'm, – I'm obviously a dad, but it's the guys older than me that still believe Aaron Rodgers is a QB1. It happens every year in redraft. I got the board behind me. He went before – you know, for me, I got uh, – I got – I took Drew Brees, but then I ended up getting in the same round as, as Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, I'll take Drew Brees over Aaron Rodgers any any day. Um, what about you guys? Christian McCaffrey, and I was going to transition to Drew Brees here, but Christian McCaffrey, 130 yards. Are you guys willing to take the plunge there at such a high yard total, or is he that, you know, just prolific that you just you believe in it, that he's going to put it over? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> It sounds like a lot, but there were only four games last year where McCaffrey didn't reach that total. Um, the Raiders front seven, they've improved a little bit from last year. They signed Nick Kwiatkowski, Corey Littleton, but McCaffrey's matchup proof here, uh, you know, to John's point, uh, it is a new offense. It, it is a new quarterback. So there is some risk here, but I, I just don't see any way that the Panthers are going to go away from that offense revolving around, uh, you know, the best running back in the league, or at least the top three running back as the centerpiece. So uh, I'm still taking the over fairly confidently. Yeah. And I like how you talked about the new quarterback there, you know, and I feel like Alvin Kamara and, and Christian McCaffrey have similar type skill sets and they're similar type receivers out of the backfield. So I believe that, you know, Teddy is a guy that is, doesn't take a ton of big risks. So I think there is going to be plenty of check downs there. Jesse, you're going to, you're going to uh, go negative here. You're going to say he gets under. Nah, John put up some great points, um, but I'm going to go over, man. Uh, I, I typically find myself going on over on a lot of these. Maybe right? it's just it's the, the beginning of the year. We're me. all excited. Uh, the like, only thing I'm worried about. Like, no, he can't yeah. do it. You know, like all of them were like, yep, over. Take them all. Yeah. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, man. You know, so I think, you know, the only thing that I think I, we can be a little worried about, and I don't think it's going to happen with him so much, but is just workload of these guys without preseason and anything. We don't, I know that he probably wouldn't get much work in preseason anyway, but um, I, I wonder how teams are going to kind of handle it with just such an awkward offseason we had. Um, that That's the only question I have, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a smash all day, and, you know, I'll take the over until he doesn't, you know, hit it. Yeah, basically, it'll be interesting you know to I mean? see how they pan things out. Are they going to try to, you know, shake some of this rust off early in a game where, you know, they could they could jump up on the Raiders pretty early. Are they going to try to use them? Or are they going to try to, you know, try to keep everybody fresh because of 
it's it's a uncharted waters here this year you know we we have no idea we've never i always feel really good going into week one because of the preseason and because of all that the hype and the and the camp news and we just don't have it this year so it's a lot of narratives that you're telling yourself at this point yeah i was gonna actually make a make a kind of a side point but i think by this by the time the season's over we could be seeing some records on offense If if you kind of think about the environment there's very little film to work off of no preseason for defensive coordinators. Oh, and by the way, no crowd noise to deal with anymore. So they're trying to do simulated, road, simulated yeah, crowd they're, noise. They're, but they're trying. I, I get it. But I mean, it places it, like KC, Seattle, yeah. those places are impossible to play. And now yeah. it's leveled the. I mean, I right. think to your point, you see what, yeah. we're looking at week one. I think the the odds of like the home team is always so much skewed. It's a lot more mm-hmm. even playing field. So yeah. Yeah, I mean those those are great points. Take that in consideration, yeah. I love it. Love it. Real, uh, real quick note. I think I tweeted about this a couple of days ago. Uh, Big Ben might be the biggest beneficiary of that. We always talk about how he has crazy home road splits, and what if he just has no road splits this year? What, great point. Drew yeah. Brees is one of those guys who, in the dome, Drew Brees and Matt Ryan dominate in the dome. So that part's a little bit different. Is that a crowd noise thing? We're gonna go to Drew Brees next. Twenty-three and a half completions week one uh 25 he averaged in, in 2019 2014 to 2017 he averaged 28 against tampa bay which i believe is going to be a shootout like i want to watch that game tom brady versus drew Brees. you know for one of the last times you get to see that is he gonna you know we have two different ones brady over under on 2.5 touchdowns and interceptions which is i, I guess we're just talking about 2.5 anything you know and then we're talking about drew Brees over 23.5 completions what do you guys like on those? Among, let's start with you since we've kind of gone in the circle here a couple of times. Uh, yeah, real quick. I think um, the it, it's a weird line, but I think they meant net. So I think an interception oh, would thanks. detract from that. Yeah, it makes much um, more so, sense. Because I was like, wait, and I was trying to, hey, we're, we're new. We're learning things, you know, checking things out at Thrive. So you were saying, you know, he has to throw for 3.5 touchdowns if he's going to throw an interception. So basically, if he throws an interception, so. that one seems like a smash under then. You know, because he basically has to throw for three touchdowns and no interceptions or four touchdowns and one pick. Uh, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm a, I'm a huge Brady I know, fan. <laughs> I know you're – and you're a Mike Evans guy, and he hasn't been practicing all week. You know, like Chris Godwin's my guy. I'm going to I'm gonna talk about him on my hot takes here. You know, he's going to light it on fire. But Mike Evans is underappreciated, and I know you've talked about him all. So you're, you're taking the over or the under on Brady at two and a half net touchdowns? I'm leaning the over, but obviously Evans, like uh, his status in question, that's going to come into play. So I, I wouldn't actually put money on this one uh, just yet because if Evans is out, that's going to make it a little tougher, or at least I think you would get better odds on that line at that point. Uh, but as you said, I, I envision this to be a shootout. Uh, both Tampa Bay and New Orleans were top five run defenses last year, so the way to attack them is through the air. Um, and then, you know, it, it, they don't talk about it often because – uh, you know, they try not to shed light on it, but you know that in their heads, both Breeze and Brady want to prove that they're better. Um, I, I think this is one of the highest over-unders of the week. So I, I'll take the over on both. John? Give, give me the over here, too. I, I think I, I actually was going to be at this game, so I'm a little, a little oh, bit bitter man. about how things played out. I was looking forward to this Hall of Fame QB matchup. That, that's gonna, I cannot wait to watch this game. I mean, I'm giddy to watch this. And I, I think I'm almost as high on Brady as, as Mung is. 
Um, but I just can't wait to see how the Tampa Bay offense unfolds uh, now with, with Fournette in the picture. And, you know, I might add when it comes to predictions that I did throw out Fournette to Tampa Bay on the pod before yes, it you happened. Did. You said it before it even so, happened. And, you know, yeah. right like 10 minutes after we got off and right before I started recording Refinery, it happened, you know. So we had to like yeah. spur of the moment go there. And I'm like, dude, he called it. You know, we were all yep. kind of trying to figure it out there. Um, yeah. Jesse, you taking it over or the under on these guys? You know, 23 and a half completions and 2.5 touchdowns. Uh, you're on mute again. Yeah, there you go. There we go. No, nah, I don't know. Dude, John, great call, by the way. Um, I was originally going to take the uh, over on um, Brady, but then when he said it was net, a pick – Three and a half, man, that's four. That's not three. You know, three and a half is not a number, so it's realistically four. So I'm going to take the under on the four. If it was two and a half, I was definitely going to take the over. Um, you know, but I, it's three and a half, but, you know. Um, and the, the the Breeze completions, I'm definitely taking the over. You know, he thinks and dunks all over the place. I, I can't see him not getting 23 and a half. Like you guys said, man, this matchup's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm super pumped to watch this. I, I'm just freaking excited for football, man. We're all, you know, I mean, dude, it's here. It's here, guys. So, you know, it's it's, it's exciting. So, yeah. But uh, I'm going to take the under on the, the touchdown total just because it was net. And then I'll take the over on the – um completions so yeah and, and because was, yeah oh, because it's smash except i have a contractual obligation to talk about alvin kamara you know <laughs> mung was getting a little bit of you know as in our group chat a lot has has really tried to advocate moving him and i know he, he believes in the talent obviously but alvin kamara sounds like he's that that deal's gonna get done here if you guys drafted him any later than you know fourth or fifth i got him seventh in my last drafts, you know, in a redraft. And I'm, I'm stoked about it because I feel like another guy that I'm going to have a bold take on, but I feel like he's going to ball out this year. He's going to be a top three running back. They have the over under set at 0.5 rushing plus receiving touchdowns. So it seems like they're going with, is Alvin Kamara going to score a touchdown? And in this game with both teams clearly going to be in the high twenties, in my opinion, I think Alvin Kamara is a, a easy choice to get in the end zone. Smash, smash, except that one. Let's do it over. Everybody. Uh, for me, it's it's not oh, as I tried. simple. I tried. Uh, I wanted to get you to say something about Alvin Kamara. <laughs> I tried to bait him too. You know. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, here's the thing. If he if he plays, it's a smash accept, right? I, I have no qualms about that. He's like McCaffrey. He's one of the centerpieces of that offense. But we've seen time again that you know teams and players get close to contract extensions and they don't get done. To me, this is a, the same as when we were talking about Dalvin Cook before. If he's active, then absolutely I would take the over on that. Um, and I think there's, at this point, it sounds really likely, probably a 95% chance that Kamara's, you know, ready to blast off. Uh, but, you know, it's not a certain thing. We, yeah. we just don't know that. And I'm, we're going to do one more where we all kind of debate. And then after that, I'm going to let you guys, because there's like six more. You guys can each pick one to go over uh, the one that I want to go and talk about as a group here is DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they have him at 80.5 receiving yards against that vaunted, you know, San Francisco defense in San Francisco. Um, you know, that defense is legit. Bosa is going to give Kyler Murray a run for his money. He's going to make it difficult. Last year, he averaged 72.8 
you know, receiving yards per game with a little over a thousand yards. And now, you know, Thrive's really believing that he's going to have a better game than his average last year. He got 150 targets last year. I'm not sure he does that in Arizona. We're talking 80.5 receiving yards. It's tough to count out DeAndre Hopkins. I'm out. What about you guys? I'm taking the under. I'm out as well. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see it with Nuke in, in his first game there in, in Arizona. It, I'm really happy for the guy to see see him sign that contract. And I think we're it. all pretty – yeah, he does. And, um, I mean, I can't wait to watch this offense too with Kyler and crew. But, I, you know, I think that Cliff is going to spread the ball around, and, and that includes Drake too out of the backfield. So I just kind of see him um, taking maybe a little bit of time. And we, we know the whole narrative around – um, really good receivers, but shifting to a new team and it, that first season does take a little bit of time, right? So I think you go smart, smart move. Here's the under. Now, from a dynasty perspective, you know, I had Scott Connor on a couple weeks ago. Um, great guy to, to talk about. And he's talking about moving your veterans, making it liquid in a season like COVID. I have traded my DeAndre Hopkins share. He was my most owned player. You know, and I got things like A.J. Brown in a first. And I got D.K. Metcalf in a first. And I got uh, Rager in two firsts because I believe – that those are what I try to do this time of year is make those insulated trades. DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like the move right now is is you could sell, and this year might not be that great, but we're going to have a post-hype sleeper, I think, on DeAndre Hopkins where you can buy him on the cheap, and he's going to be winning you titles here in the next couple of years because the Dynasty community has really just not to – rip on Odell Beckham, but they've taken a crap on guys that are over 28 years old, you know, and they have pushed it where if you're 28, you're ancient. I'm 39, so they would probably put me in a casket, but I'm saying – 28 years old, you know, do you guys, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, is that something that I'm starting, we're always trying to change our dynasty mentality, our philosophy. Is it a move where, you know, in that particular situation, I got AJ Brown in a first and now I have AJ Brown, who's going to put up, in my opinion, 90% of what DeAndre Hopkins does or 85%. And next year I can probably buy him for that first. So I might end up getting both of those guys. I, I love that move, man. I love, I love moving you know, the guys on the – not the back end because I don't think he's on the back end per se, but, you know, like that and replacing him with A.J. Brown, you know, D.J. Moore, um, you said Rager and two first. I, I, I love moves like that, man. Those are the type of moves that I'm willing to make all all day, all yeah, day, right? man. Because you're getting – not only are you getting the player, but you're getting the pick. And, yeah. the, and, and the pick is value, you know, and, yep. and, and it only goes up. Yep. So to me, that's, you know, as far as value, he cannot go up. You know, if he puts up 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns this year, how much higher can he go? You know, it's not that he's going to move back into that first round because of all these young upswing and talent where AJ Brown can move up in value. That first never loses value. But to the point that I was saying what Scott was saying is he was saying to trade Adam Thielen right now for someone small in a first, you know, like a Paris Campbell in a first, because you can buy him back probably cheaper than you're getting them right now because those those assets are starting to depreciate. I think that's really league dependent yeah. though. It, depending on who you're playing with, you know, smart owners are not going to sell low after you just sold to right. them last year just because Hopkins got, you know, only 1100 yards right. and, and you five can never discount rookie right? fever. I mean, we all say it, you know, when we're all trading. I mean, I'm in a league dynasty happy hour. Um, I have eight firsts now. You know, and I keep talking to you guys in that group on Smash Accept, and I'm like, I think I got another first, you know, because they're all coming to me. But guess what? Next year on the clock, they're going to want those picks. And I'm, I have eight, but there's no way I'm drafting eight guys. You know, and I did that in um, 
you know, our PA preferred stock league. I had eight firsts. I only took five guys. I took the guys I wanted and then I got capital for the other ones. But I'm just saying sometimes it's, it's easier to make things into a liquid format and, and get that, that insulated trade back to Hopkins. Anyone taken over 80.5 yards? I think John summed it up pretty well. Uh, you know, the, even the elite wide receivers move into a new team, new quarterback with a shortened off season. You know, that's, that's a situation we've discussed at length on the show. So, you know, I agree on the under as well. All right, Monk, since you're, you, you got the mic right now, why don't you pick one of the other ones? We got Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, um, Zeke, Robert Woods. Yeah, I, the Robert Woods one is interesting because he's been super underrated in fantasy in general. He's had a lot of high-end wide receiver two finishes, especially in PPR formats. But at the same time, he's just really never been much of a touchdown guy. Uh, his career high is seven total touchdowns in 2018, and that was with one rushing included. And even though Woods ranked eighth among wide receivers last season in total targets with 139 uh, um, in Red zone targets, uh, he ranked 41st among wide receivers, just only had nine on the year. So I, I love him for fantasy this year. I think he's a solid wide receiver too, but I would not count on him scoring in, in week one. No, I love it. He had two last year, five in 2017. Uh, and you guys know I love Sir Robert Woods, but he, he if this was a reception thing and it was six and a half, you know, then I'm, I'm taking the over. But touchdowns, yeah, I'll take the under as well. Uh, Jesse, what do you got? You got Keenan? Kenny G or uh, Zeke? The Charger fan in me has to go Keenan Allen, man. And I, I just I, – I'm huge Mike Williams fan. I don't know. You know, I, I love Mike Williams. But he's out, and I think Keenan Allen's going to just crush five and a half. Um, people think like Tyrod Taylor can't throw the ball. I mean, he, he can. You know, he's not. he might not be a gunslinger, but he could definitely get it to his playmakers – and Keenan Allen's the best route runner in the league or top three or four. Um, so I think he should hit five and a half pretty easy. Just got paid. Um, and I think people will kind of – I know the offense isn't that great. and um, But I, I just think five and a half is a pretty uh, obtainable number for him. So I would, I would take that one. Yeah. Totally agree. Keenan Allen's one of the most underrated wide receivers. I mean, he got the contract now. We've kind of told ourselves, some people, the narrative that Tyrod Taylor can't pass. And the last time we saw him as a legitimate starter, you know, Cleveland doesn't really count. But in Buffalo, he didn't really have a lot of wide receivers. It was take a look at Sammy, take a look at Robert Woods, run the ball. You know, and he was trying to. Now he's a little bit more of a ball control kind of guy. So I think he's going to be uh, going there. John, tell me you're taking – Tell me you're taking our, our favorite jazz jazz flute guy. Yeah, let's bring out the sax and give me <laughs> saxophone. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm thinking more Anchorman with the uh, jazz flute. But so what was the over under on Kenny G? What do we? Kenny got? G is seventy point five. And by the way, I think you and I are the, yeah. the we we use the gifs most properly when people ask about Kenny Galladay. I put that Kenny G out there. I see you do it too. You got, to. you got him playing the saxophone. So take it yeah. off. Yeah, let's play that sweet music and give me the over. Yeah, I, I, I actually would. I think it's actually going to be kind of tight, but um, Stafford's back. Kenny G's his favorite target, and they're gonna they're gonna come out and they're gonna start throwing again. And you know, it gets Chicago. I can see it happening. So yeah, yeah he, I, I think that's a, that's a pretty decent play. He had 57 in the in the first matchup and 157 in the second matchup. He's definitely a guy that is borderline approaching that top five to to eight dynasty wide receivers and should have a great season. Um, yep. You know, this has been fantastic. You guys all stepped your game up. I mean, every single one of you guys brought information. I hope you guys take that information, 
you know, play it with, with your DFS, you know, check out thrive, um, the thrive fantasy app, thrivefantasy.com. Again, put in code dad. You guys will get an extra 20 bucks, you know, from allowance from dad. You know, I can't sign my kids up for that, but the rest of you guys, my uh, Twitter kids, you guys can get that. Um, why don't we close here and just each you guys, you know, say something you're excited for week one and tell people where to find you. And uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. I'll kick it off here. So my, my advice is, uh, you know, we're all into fantasy, especially if you're listening to a pod here. Just really enjoy it. Don't don't let it stress you out. Maybe even just set aside the lineups for a little bit and just enjoy football. It's back, baby. You know. So thank you. Yeah, enjoy, I love enjoy that. the football. And and also my other thing is don't don't overreact to week one. It happens every year. You know, last year it's John Ross scores two touchdowns and everyone scrambles and spends all their fab on the guy and then he disappears, right? Don't don't overreact to any of your own teams either. And again, just enjoy it. Have a, have a good time with it. Great advice. I love that. You know, once I got more leagues, that was something that was really important. I used to kind of stress out about it. Watch the game. Enjoy the game. You know, as as the dynasty dad, I love sitting here with my kids and like don't get stressed out about fantasy football and take that into anything else. Enjoy the process like we talk about here all the time. Enjoy the game. And that's great. Great. Love that advice. Monk. Yeah, it's uh, the first Sunday football is almost upon us. To me, that's better than Christmas. You know, I don't have any kids yet, so I don't I don't get the look of joy on their faces or, you know, whatever it might be. So for me, the, the joy on Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday, is going to be exactly that. Um, I, I will say, though, I, I'm a little bit on the other end uh, the, of what John said. Um, shocking, you know, we've, we've been disagreeing all show today, but... I think you want to react to week one. Uh, you know, don't blow your fab on John Ross or whoever, but, uh, you know, look at Marquise Brown last year. We saw that he was immediately going to be a factor in that offense. I think it's okay to immediately adjust expectations for week two based on what happened week one. Uh, you know, I would rather err on the side of over-adjusting than not adjusting at all. Yeah, and I kind of follow in between both of you guys. I think he's saying not overreact. I, I sold John Ross after week one for a 2021 first. You know, some of the situations I'm just excited to see. I mean, what is James Robinson? Is it going to be a Zigbo? Like, yeah, I know that's boring, but to me, it's it's kind of exciting. Is it going to be Chris Thompson? Some of these other backfields like Washington. It's just, it, you're right. It's like Christmas. Jesse, thank you for coming on for the first time. You know, hopefully we, we can get you on here quite a bit more because we enjoyed having you on. Um, you know, what are you, some things you're excited about? Why don't you tell people where they can find you again? Oh, bro, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been a blast. I love chopping up with you boys, man. I would love to be on whenever you would have me. That would, you know, make my day. Um, you brought up the Jacksonville backfield, and I can't not go an episode without talking about LaVisca Chenault, man. Yes. That's my boy. Go out and buy him. I've been saying it. Go buy LaVisca Chenault, please. He's going to blow up, and I, I just love the guy. And he was cheap in rookie drafts. That was initially why I loved him so much. And then you just watch him, and he's just uh, – I just – to the moon on that kid. So go out and buy LaVisca Chanel. And like John said, don't take it too seriously. Enjoy football. Um, but I also think you you can react and 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 have, you know, sell John Ross for 21 first. I mean, that's amazing value. You know that that guy is not going to have an outlier season. You knew that that was probably a one-off, you know. So, you know, getting a 21 first for a guy like that is, is perfect. Um, you know, try to take advantage of it, you know. If a guy gets hot early, take advantage of, you know, it. Um, but yeah, like I said, dude, I appreciate you having me on, man. It, it was a blast chopping it up, man. And you know, let, let, let's enjoy the season, baby. Yeah. Go out there, win that week one. And then, like I said, all the time on dynasty dad podcast, make sure you guys just enjoy the process.